morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Scott George, your announcer for the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. The Reverend Jake Slatton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship services, lay minister Bruce Slatton, organist Mrs. Slatton, and the acolytes are Michael Hazeman and McKenna Schmidt. Today's order of service is at trinity1874.com. That's trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast today is sponsored by Milton Swede and Swede, sorry, and Kay Johnson for Milton Swede's 82nd birthday and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today. It's wonderful, as always, to be with you in God's house on this Lord's Day to worship and to receive from Him His great and wonderful gifts of word and sacrament today. Why don't we stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. And members, as always, if you see people that you don't recognize or perhaps somebody that you haven't seen for a while, please go say hi and welcome them today. And as you are taking your seats, let's begin our time of worship this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for calling us here to your house this morning. Because, Lord, it is here where we receive your holy word. We receive it when it is read to us and faith is either created or it, or it continues to be sanctified. And Lord, we also know that here we receive your very precious body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us.
Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn is The Law of God is Always Good and Wise, hymn 579, verses 1 through 3. Hymn 579, verses 1 through 3. I seek you. I have stored up your word in my heart. Blessed are you, O Lord. With my lips I declare. In the way of your testimonies I delight. I will meditate on your precepts. I will delight in your statutes. Blessed are you, O Lord. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord. 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying on the hope you have, your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 58, beginning at the third verse. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? 
Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not the fast that I choose to loose the the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. This is the word of our Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For he is great in his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Special music today is by the Lamb's Choir, This Little Gospel Light of Mine. children come forward now for the children's message. Today's children's message is brought by lay minister Bruce Slatton.
children, and we'll, we'll get going here. Whoop. Unplanned. Well, this week is kind of a special week coming up uh, towards the end of this week. There's a special day we're all going to celebrate. Do you know what it is? What is it? Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's a special day that's set aside each year that uh, we get to celebrate. It's kind of a fun little uh, holiday celebration. You know, it started years and years ago, uh, not as Valentine's Day as we think of it, but there was the first Valentine's Day years and years ago in ancient Rome. And today, uh, we celebrate Valentine's Day every year at the same time. And what's some of the fun things we get to do on Valentine's Day? What's, what do you look forward to? Getting candy, yes. What else? Making a Valentine's box. That's important because what do you put in the box? Um, the cards and the candy. The cards and the candy. Bradley. Valentine's. Well, I, I brought some, some Valentine's uh, with me this morning. Uh, here's one that's uh, more of a traditional Valentine. You notice it comes in a what color envelope? Yes, it's a red envelope. And uh, here in the envelope, we have this valentine. This one's all colorful. And this one goes, is going to be sent to a grandson. Wow. This valentine is coming to you with one big sincere wish. Wish everyone had a grandson as wonderful as you. Happy Valentine's Day. And in your box at school, you're going to get all kinds of Valentines from all your friends, and you'll get the chance to read all those with those special messages of love and friendship. Well, I have another example of a Valentine. It's not quite like this card, but it certainly has messages of love in it. I bet you never thought, the Holy Bible, I bet you never thought of this as a Valentine before. But you know, all the messages that is in the Holy Bible, especially when you get to the New Testament, it's all about love. We know, we've learned that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then later on in John chapter 13, Jesus gives us these great words, love one another as I have loved you. Great words, great Valentine message. And then there's one more, kind of a non-traditional Valentine. We probably don't think of this as a Valentine. What do we have here? A cross, yeah. And uh, uh, on the cross, uh, we think of God's great love for us. He sent Jesus to save us, and Jesus, the love that he poured out to all of us, and to the whole world, for that matter, was born on this cross. This is kind of a special cross. I don't know if you can see this or not. I had this cross made. Do you see what's going on here? Do you see these things right here? What's these, these grooves right here? Do you know what those are for? What do you think those are for? Put your hand, this is called a hold on cross. And oftentimes when pastor or I go visit people in the hospital, uh, people who are maybe going to have surgery, we take them this cross. 
And we tell them this is a hold on cross because when you're in the hospital, maybe you're going to have a surgery or something, we, we need some extra comfort sometimes. And there, you know, there's nothing special about the wood that this cross is made of. It's certainly not magical. But what it's for is to remind the person in the hospital that Jesus loves them and they can be assured and reassured that Jesus is with them. How special is that? So we give thanks for Valentine's Day and for all your friends and the great love that you share with your friends. And I know uh, that you, you have many friends and lots of people that you love. So in addition to sending them a Valentine, the challenge is show your love for them, all your friends and all those that, that wish you so well. So we, let's, let's thank God for that, the ability to have a Valentine's Day. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this Valentine's Day celebration coming up and all that it represents, the love that we have for other people, our friends, our family. And most importantly, though, Lord, we want to give you a special thanks for the love that you've given to us through your son, Jesus. Bless us this week, Lord, in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, go on back to your pews. The epistle reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand.
Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. It is important with this text to remember it in the context for which it was written. This comes right after Jesus has preached the Beatitudes. Uh, and so keep that in mind as you, as you listen to these words of Jesus. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from a law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. The hymn of the day is In the Cross of Christ I Glory, hymn 427, hymn 427.
Pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read from Matthew chapter 5. You want to have that in front of you, but also please open your pew Bible to Matthew chapter 5, because in order to understand what Jesus is doing here, we have to go back to the beginning of the chapter. If there's not enough pew Bibles, pull out your phone and open your Bible app. Okay? To Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, it'll start at verse, at verse 2. But before we get there, it's important to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, the last verse of the text for today. Jesus says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the question before us this morning is, what is that? What exactly is the righteousness that Jesus is referring to? And to get to the answer to that question, Jesus is doing two things here, and this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. But first, I want to take you back to your catechism class, or at least what I, was, what I hope that you were taught in that. And if you weren't, then you can be taught it now. Luther came up with this wonderful thing called the two kinds of righteousness. Anybody remember that at all? Oh my. Okay. So here we go. The two kinds of righteousness, right? The reason why he, not that he came up with it, but he, he was the one that kind of coined the phrase, but the reason why this came about is because really it's the only way to understand Scripture, specifically Jesus' words when it comes to what kind of righteousness that we need. Number one, not only to save us, but number two, because our neighbor needs good things. Our neighbor needs us to do good works. Our neighbors need us to mow their lawn. Our neighbors need us to encourage them. Our neighbors need all of those things, and yet we know that it is not those things that save us, but rather only one kind of righteousness saves us, and that is, of course, the righteousness given to us by God's Son, who gave us His perfect righteousness. So let's, let's reread Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read, we're going to start with verses 1 through 11. I don't normally read this, this much, but really to understand this text, you kind of have to. So Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 2, and Jesus opened His mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he goes through these blessings, and then he goes into the section on salt and light. Then he says, you are the salt of the earth. 
But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are also the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, this little gospel light of mine. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, hide it under a bushel. No. But on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And then he goes on. Now, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from a law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, of course, in verse 20, the question, that, the question of which the answer that we want to know this morning, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The first thing that Jesus is doing is he is telling his people and also us this morning The law still exists. It hasn't gone anywhere. The law still exists, people, disciples, all of you here this morning, everybody who might be listening. So go do it. Now, as Lutherans, we hear that and think, no, we're not saved by works, Pastor. So... That doesn't apply to us, right? Wrong. Jesus says, and and again, this is why we have to read the whole thing. What did he say in verses 13 and 14? Number one, you are the salt of the earth, so go be salty. Right? Number two, you are the light of the world, so go be light. Quit thinking that the law just somehow has stopped and somehow the law doesn't apply to you and it's okay to just sort of glide over some of these commandments because it's not okay. Jesus very emphatically, very specifically, again, you are the salt of the earth, so go be salty. You are the light of the world, so go be salt and go be light. This is not an option. This is not, if it is convenient for you, this is a specific command. It is law. The law is whenever Jesus or the Bible tells us to do something. Jesus is saying, go be light and go be salt. It's not an option. Go do it. This is what I have commanded you to do. Why? Well, again, as Lutherans, we sort of hear that and think, no, 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 no. We're not saved by works, Pastor. I know. But this is the other kind of righteousness. That's why there are two. The reason why Jesus tells you and me to go be salt and light is for a very singular purpose. God doesn't need it. He doesn't need you to be salt and light for him. But guess who does? Your neighbor does. Your neighbor, and by the way, who is your neighbor? everybody. Your neighbor 
needs you to be salt and light. Your neighbor needs the good works that come forth from you because you have faith in Christ. Does that make sense? Your neighbor needs you to do the good things for them. Whatever those things might be, some people call it their good deed for the day. I say do it as many times as you can possibly do it. If you're not sure who your neighbors are, start with your family. Okay? Start with your family. Start there and work your way out. And I would encourage all of us, myself included, my goodness, myself included, do a self-inventory at the end of each day and how did I do with being salt and light? Yes, you can do that. And yes, you are encouraged to do that. Again, those things don't save you. No matter how many good things that you might do, they they don't save you. But Jesus says, go be salt and light. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we pray that we will do each and every day. Because your neighbor needs them. Don't get complacent. It can be very easy for us. This is one of of Satan's tricks. We have talked about this many, many times. He's very, very sneaky. You and I both know that there are some commandments that are pretty obvious. Don't kill people. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Okay? But then there are ones that he knows that you and I sort of tend to, eh, we sort of tend to gloss over. How about the eighth commandment? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What does this mean? It means any time that you are talking about your neighbor, no matter who it is, no matter what they have done, explain everything in the kindest way. Explain everything in the kindest way. Yes, even the one that has hurt you grievously, even the ones who just don't seem to get it and they sin against you time and time and time again, But now go and be salt and light. Go and explain everything. Go and explain everything about them in the kindest way. I could go through all of them. We need to stop getting complacent and pretending like they don't exist. Which leads us to the second thing. Which leads us to the second thing that Jesus is doing here. You will fail at being salt and light. Because neither you or I can do it perfectly. Some of, of, of you have, have come to me in the, in, the, in the past and just have said all kinds of, and have sent me really wonderful messages and words of, of, of encouragement and love and support. And I so much appreciate that. But I'm not perfect. I'm not even close. I'm not even close to being perfect. We will fail. We will fail at being salt and light. And whatever your vocation is, whether it is a mother, a father, a son, daughter, employee, boss, whatever your vocation is, you will fail at doing it perfectly. Jesus knows this. 
And this is why he gave us verses 3 and 4 of Matthew chapter 5. Again, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Have you ever been so upset by your sin or a sin? Have you ever been so upset that you have been poor in spirit? I certainly have. Have, Has your sin or perhaps somebody else's sin against you caused, caused you to mourn? I certainly have. Jesus makes these promises. If you are poor in spirit, realize this promise, that the kingdom of heaven already belongs to you. It already belongs to you right now, this day. If you mourn, if you are in mourning over your sin, over just sin in general, over something that has been the over over something that has been the result of sin, know this promise: you will be comforted. You will be comforted by God's Holy Spirit, who is elsewhere in Scripture called the Great Comforter. The only way that we are saved from ourselves, the devil, and the world, which do not as the as the uh, as the Lord's Prayer says, which do not want us to hollow God's name, which do not want us to make God's name holy, set apart, being salt and light. The only way that we are saved from ourselves, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature is the gracious promises of Christ. Again, he says, blessed are you when you are poor in spirit because the kingdom of heaven is yours. Blessed are you when you mourn because you will be comforted. The reign of the kingdom of heaven, and we talked about what the kingdom of heaven was just a, a, just a few weeks ago. So if you need a refresher course, the kingdom of heaven sits right there. The kingdom of heaven is wherever God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and love and healing are found. Trust in the promises of God's Son who makes this promise that those blessings of the kingdom of heaven are already yours because of the faith that you have had in God's Son. And this is the answer to our question. Again, Jesus says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So how in the world does our righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees? You believe. You believe in God's Son. In faith, you believe that the promises that He gives you and continues to give you will come true. And when that happens, and and we go go back to verse 12 with me, and when this happens, inevitably, it is not going to be by our own doing. Inevitably, when this happens, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad, for, yours, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the, the prophets who were before you. But rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And what is that reward? Well, it is the will of God for your life. What is the will of God for your life, it's the same as everybody else. The, the will of God for your life 
is God's will for my life and everybody else's life. That you would remain ever so close to him. That you would be in heaven with him. And because of of his son, not because of the righteousness of works, which again, our neighbor needs, but doesn't save us. But because of the righteousness of Christ who went to Calvary's cross, who became the fulfillment of the law, took all of the sin upon himself, all of the times in which the law would be broken. It's, it's, it, is, it is astounding to me that he felt all of that all at one time as he was hanging on the cross. And he took it all and became the fulfillment of the law for you. And then in a miraculous, wonderfully rejoice and let us be glad kind of way, He gives you his perfect righteousness. Why? Because that was his will the entire time. To give you his perfect righteousness, not by anything that you have done, but because of everything that he has done and because of everything that he continues to do for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. At this time, it is, I would invite all uh, who have been, who have just recently, I believe it was two weeks ago, um, been elected to officers in our congregation to please come forward uh, as we place you uh, in God's name in those offices. So if you would please come forward and stand at the altar here. Yep, just uh, gather in and in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Apostle Peter writes in his first epistle. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another 
as good, as good helpers of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All of you have been elected to serve as the officers to which this congregation has called you to. While holiness of life and obedience to Christ are expected of all members of this congregation, it is especially important that you as office bearers in his church show yourselves by word and example to be faithful in him, to be faithful to him in service and Christian devotion. And so in the presence of God and of this congregation, I therefore ask you, do you accept the offices that have been given to you? Do you promise faithfully to carry out your responsibilities, trusting in the Lord and conforming yourself to his word in accordance with the faith of our church? If so, then answer yes with the help of God. I now ask you, as their congregational family, you have heard the promises of faithfulness spoken by them. Do you promise to support them in their work, to remember them in your prayers, and to work with them to the best of the abilities that God has given you, so that he may be glorified and his work be done in our midst, then say yes with the help of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I place you as officers of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you have raised up these servants for work among your people. We ask that you would grant them by your Holy Spirit those gifts needed for the faithful carrying out of their responsibilities. Let your blessing rest on this congregation. And we pray, Lord, that in the end of days, we, with all of your faithful people, may hear the voice of Christ saying, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to have all of you gather around the baptismal font. At this time, uh, we like to do this as a way to send them off to the responsibilities that they have been called to. I'm going to ask these folks to gather around the font uh, tightly, and I'm going to ask any of you who wish to come forward to come forward to lay hands on them and to pray for them. Uh, they have been so wonderfully blessed and have also so wonderfully graciously given of their time to help this church of ours. So if anybody would like to come forward and to place hands on them to pray. You guys can actually gather in a little bit tighter. Perfect.
And so we pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all of these folks that are gathered here, and we ask that you would bless them in a very special way. And Lord, we know that, that, uh, that nothing that comes of your church, Lord, that it is by accident or by chance, but because you have called it to be so. Lord, we know uh, that in all things that you will go with them, that you will go before them. And so we pray your very special blessing of peace and strength and courage to be upon them. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you guys can go back and have a seat. As they are taking their seats, we will now gather our tithes and offerings. In the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book. And so whether you are a member or a guest with us this morning, we ask that you would fill that out so we know that you were here to worship with us today. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Food donations are welcome today. If you know of a needy family, contact someone on the evangelism board or the church office. The Lutheran Youth Fellowship Valentine's Dinner is today following the church service. Friendship Club is on February 13th at 1.30, meeting at the Freistadt Community Building. The LWML is collecting Best Choice Save-A-Label programs. Bring the labels by church to place in the wooden box in an narthex. This, is, this sounds like fun. On March 5th, St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri will be at Trinity for a concert at 7 p.m. that evening. Invite your friends and family. We still need housing for students just overnight after the conference and provide them an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. Take a look at your schedule. If you have room for housing, please contact Betty Sawyer. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, contact the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hours are church's witness in the public marketplace. Today's message, Break Through the No-Go Zone, by speaker, the Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler. Sometimes the difference between then and now, between what used to be and what is, comes in a single moment, a defining act. We call that a breakthrough. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service.
let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that we are to be the light of the world by demonstrating your love, by helping our neighbors, especially those in the greatest needs. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all of those that are on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rosemarie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Nellie, Dennis Nost, Little Sutton Grace, Margaret Holly, Norma Kaiser, and Roy Oberman. All of these, Lord, we lift up to you, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A special prayer for birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you have given to your servants, Nadine Oberman, who is celebrating 90 years of life, Joan Haynes celebrating 85 years, and Laura Verm celebrating 82 years, especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness. Abide in the confession of your name and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May this celebration of their births be a celebration of life both now and the life yet to come. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for strong marriages. Most gracious God, we give you thanks for the joy and blessings that you grant to husbands and wives. Assist them always by your grace with true fidelity and steadfast love that may honor and keep their marriage vows. Grow in love toward you and each other and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. 
As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior for the sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. First communion hymn is now all the vault of heaven resounds. Hymn 465, that's hymn 465.
next hymn is Drawn to the Cross, Which Thou Hast Blessed, hymn 560, hymn 560. Next communion hymn is The Gospel Shows the Father's Grace, hymn 580, hymn 580.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we ask you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn is The Law of God is Good and Wise. Hymn 579, verses 4 through 6. Hymn 579, verses 4 through 6. Evangelism Board is doing a food in gathering today and also, wait, yes, is doing a food in gathering today. If you know of a needy family, please contact the church office. Uh, the St. John Stones Prairie is having their annual men's club chili supper on February the 22nd at 6 p.m. All are welcome to come. 
On March the 5th, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Please take a look at your schedule. There has been a great response, but we still need additional housing for students. If you have room for housing, please contact Betty Sawyer. Where is Betty? I saw her. There she is right there. Okay. And uh, just another announcement to please tune in to the Daily Prayer podcast that uh, we have kind of started to do last week and this week. All of the ones for this coming week are up, and they will be up uh, each day. There was a bit of a bug uh, that we fixed when you went to search for it in your, if you have a, uh, a podcast app, if you went to search for it in the app and you searched for Freistat Radio, it, it, there was one that, that came up, but it wasn't quite um, loading all of the new ones. But we have since fixed that. So if you research for Freistat Radio, if you want to do it that way, if you research, if you research for Freistat Radio, uh, the icon will come up. It'll say Trinity Lutheran Church on it. Click on that, and then hit the subscribe button. And then once you do that, once the podcast goes live, they go live every morning at 3 a.m. Um, once the podcast goes live, it just automatically comes up. Uh, you can also find it on the website, www.trinity1874.com. Uh, I pray that, uh, that, uh, that, that there are many who are able to take advantage of that. And then lastly, the LYF Valentine's Dinner is today after the service. Walk-ins are welcomed, and with that in mind, let's go ahead and pray the common table prayer for our meal. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. I thank you for coming today, and I pray that you all have a very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service. We invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.